Welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Today, guys, we are finally covering the Kaylee Anthony episode. I can tell you this. You guys have been waiting for this and waiting for this, and everybody has been messaging me and messaging me about this. I get it. So today, we finally are going to be providing this episode for you. I actually made a mini clip on TikTok in 2021, but decided that I was going to cover this case in a bigger way, and I'm glad we covered it at this point because all this crazy stuff's going on. Absolutely. We do not want to waste any time since we have very limited time and so much to talk about. And then next week, guys, don't forget that the episode of Lucy and Desi from the I Love Lucy show will be out, so that episode will be available on the exclusive side next week, so make sure to tune in. A very unusual and strange case hit the entire world on the night of July 15th, 2008, at approximately 8 p.m. The police received a series of phone calls from Kaylee Anthony's grandmother, Cindy Anthony. She was reported missing in a 911 call made by Cindy Anthony. She had not seen Kaylee for 31 days and that Casey's car smelled like a dead body that had been inside it. Cindy said Casey had given varied explanations as to Kaylee's whereabouts before finally telling her that she had actually not seen Kaylee for weeks. Casey lied to detectives, telling them Kaylee had been kidnapped by a nanny on June 9th and that she had been trying to find her. She was also too frightened to alert any of the authorities. She was charged with first-degree murder in October of 2008, and she pled not guilty. Now, I feel like Cindy had actually been pressing Casey for about three weeks now. Normally, they would see Kaylee pretty often. She shows me she got the pleasure of hanging out with her grandparents quite often. She also shows me that the grandparents kept asking to see her, And Casey would just make up excuses upon excuses. And she decided to go over to her mom's house because her mom basically threatened to call the police. So when she got there, her mother said, you need to bring your daughter. I'm calling the police. And of course, she decided to go over to house and she informed her parents that Kaylee was missing and kidnapped, which she was also trying to find her herself. So one second, I have a problem with that statement. It's not like it's a missing boyfriend who has been ghosting you for a while. This is literally a missing child. Your missing child, Casey. 31 days sounds like you're trying to hide something. That should be a no-brainer. Now, from what I can see, of course, the entire time of the trial, she had zero emotions and no, nothing surrounding her daughter at all. She didn't even seem to be worried. And of course, it was very worrisome to Cindy, which is where the police came in. Obviously, she had gone to the car and smelt the back of it. And obviously, it was concerning because she was trying to find trails of Kaylee since Casey was giving her zero information. And she works as a nurse. So, of course, she would know what a dead body smells like. Exactly. My mother also worked as a nurse in the nursing field. I've even worked in healthcare, and I even know what a dead body smells like. It's definitely not a smell that you can just make a statement about without any sort of prior knowledge. What is sad is if Cindy did not stand up and press her daughter, I believe Casey would have not said anything to the police or anyone ever. Oh, I agree with that statement 100%. Since she had no intention of telling anybody what took place, let alone her daughter being missing, it would have been another 600 days, if at all. 
I really believe she was making plans for the future to, like, flee. And she just didn't have the financial means to do so. Of course not. And that is very disgusting. I can only imagine how this little girl felt. She addressed her childhood on her documentary. Was there any truth to that? I feel like Casey and her brother were abused as kids by the father. From what I can see, it did really mess her up quite a bit. And instead of trying to, I don't know, better herself, make better choices, she wasn't able to grow up. She was still acting like a child. Her family was very much about sweeping things under the rug. And I honestly feel like Casey was a ticking time bomb. And instead of dealing with her issues as she grew, she decided to just take the rebellious way. She made a lot of bad decisions, including getting pregnant with her daughter at a very young age. I also feel like her father was gross to her, but nothing about rape. So how did her father abuse her? I do feel like he hit her quite a bit. I feel like he would even take it a couple steps further, emotionally, mentally abusing her. I do see that she would act out quite a bit and her father would take to beating her whenever she would act out from a young age. Around three years of age, I believe, the abuse started. I also feel like her father, of course, did end up feeling bad about it. And of course, mom would turn a blind eye to it. So instead of discussing or trying to work out his abusive patterns, he would buy her things and make up for it. He really would feel bad about hurting her and try to reward her more so with money and presents and any big ticketed items. I would definitely agree. It would not be easy to grow up in a household with a strict police father. Cindy, his wife, would see this, but I don't feel like she would really help her kids out. I think she would say things like, you know better. Nobody talked about their feelings and nobody tried to work out their issues. Everyone just kind of let everything bottle up inside and just carry on. So her behavior was out of control, you would say? Oh, yeah. On the documentary, one of her ex-best friends had claimed she wasn't a party girl. But I don't really believe that. I feel like she hid that side from her normal friends. And of course, she lied a lot. So it was hard to believe certain things that she would say. Casey found her friends when she was going through a rough time. They got her through uh, the hard times. She felt like an equal for the first time in her life. So she would party, sometimes harder than other times, but she did it. She would break her curfew. She would stay out all night, sleeping with multiple guys. She was having sex at a pretty young age, and she didn't really care to who or how. I feel like she had sex with people between the ages of like 16 all the way to 50. But either way, she really had no standards, and she would just sleep with whomever. I feel like she started to do this at about 15 years of age. I'm obviously assuming that this is how she wound up pregnant. Oh yeah, 18, no condoms, it's going to happen. A lot of women, of course, like me, I also got pregnant at 18. But of course, you know, she was scared to death to tell her family. And it was getting to a point where she couldn't hide it anymore. So she did decide to come forth and tell everybody she was pregnant. Obviously, her family was distraught and they were really upset with her being pregnant. I don't necessarily feel like they believed in abortion. So they didn't really suggest it. It was something I think she thought of. Now, she did, in fact, sleep with a lot of people, so it was kind of hard for her to pinpoint who exactly. A lot of the times, she was pretty intoxicated. I really don't feel like she remembers most of the people she slept with. She honestly has no idea who Kaylee's father is. 
So bringing all this information to her family, they had a lot of shame and they wanted to hide this pregnancy as much as they could, really until she gave birth. She did make mention of that on the episode, so I do agree with that. The family looks like the type to definitely do that, and Casey looks like the type of person who wouldn't know who the father is. Absolutely, because the Anthony's, their image was everything. They didn't want anyone to think they had anything bad happening in their household. They had to uphold this image. So they basically would hide her from anyone, friends, family, you name it. I feel like she suffered a lot with this, but I think she suffered in silence and she does even now. She is really good at keeping her emotions on the inside, makes good for a sociopath, and she's still completely without emotion. All right, let's move forward a little bit. Let's talk about when she gave birth to Kaylee. So Casey really did have a lack of emotions. And although she got used to the idea of being pregnant and getting a lot of attention from people around her, and she was excited to have a daughter. However, the young, naive 19-year-old didn't realize what it would be all about. So she struggled to be a mom and she depended on her family quite a bit to assist her when it came to her daughter and including the financial side of things and also just being babysitters. I do see that Casey put on a big show for everyone. Yes, she loved her daughter. Her daughter was a nuisance to her. Her daughter was too much to deal with. She would treat her more like a sister than an actual child. She would tease her and bother her and bug her and make her feel like, you know, a big sister would. And I feel as though her parents would come down really hard on her about her parenting. So they told her that she needed to step up and be a better parent. And I feel as though she really struggled with the way they would come at her. She did not like being called a bad mother and that triggered her a lot. So then she decided to move out, out on her own. She did, and I feel like her parents were strongly advising her. They did not feel like she was ready to move out on her own with her daughter because she liked to party and go out, and she liked to do things all the time, and she really ignored her daughter a lot and her needs and really neglected her. But I do feel as though Casey was determined, and there was a lot of fighting going on at home, so she did decide to leave. I feel as though she definitely regretted it on the inside, but she was stubborn as all hell and didn't want to admit that she needed assistance when it came to her daughter. She figured she would figure things out. In the recent documentary, she mentions that her father raped her and then had been raping her for quite some time. So tell us, is there any truth to that? I totally understand that she definitely did go through abuse and I do feel like it got pretty physical. I do feel like it was pretty bad overall, but I do not feel like he sexually abused her. I would say she was always afraid that it was going to happen next, but I feel like her father did look at her at time, maybe in a sexual manner, but I don't feel like he ever jumped on those feelings. I feel like he was way too busy in his own nonsense. He wasn't too involved as a father. He was kind of just in the background and would bark orders at people anytime anyone would get out of hand, including Cindy. And Cindy, you know, knew that when dad was upset, everyone had to just be quiet. In his eyes, he was the breadwinner. He was the man of the house. He was the one who controlled everything. So no, she was not sexually abused. I think she used that to indicate that she was pretty messed up at the time, but it was a big reason as to why she lied. So I feel like this was all very calculated. It took her over 10 years to come forward and talk about this. 
She had her Bella Vita tattoo covered up. They asked her why she covered up. Do we know the reason? Well, there's a couple of reasons she removed this tattoo. Firstly, she indicated she did it to say fuck you to her parents, which her parents had nothing to do with it in any capacity. That tattoo was a consistent reminder of what took place, and she didn't want that tattoo anymore, so she covered up. Secondly, she got recognized a lot, and anytime somebody would see her, she liked kind of to wear those uh, sports bras and, and tank tops to kind of show her shoulders, and because because she got recognized so often, she wanted that covered up as well. She also had another tattoo where she quoted, I hear you in everything on her inner bicep. She had stated that that tattoo was also connected to her daughter. I mean, maybe there's some sort of multiple reasons behind the text, but I really don't feel like it's for her daughter. Maybe her experience, maybe something along those lines, but I feel like that tattoo is more representative of what took place, about herself, really, about how nobody could hear her, but she could hear her daughter. It's, again, another selfish tattoo with really no connection to her kid. I know that you've been spending a lot of time with Kaylee and communicating with her over the last month. What can you tell us about what you found out? It is... So hard to condense this episode, let me tell you, but she is a very energetic child. She shows me that she liked to have a lot of fun. She was always, always trying to get her mom's attention one way or another, but her mom would reject her often. Not for any other reason other than the fact that she wasn't ready to be a mom and she was annoyed by Kaylee a lot of the time. Casey would rather blame her daughter for being alive and causing her to fall into motherhood early on in her life, so she would really take things out on Kaylee. Unfortunately, I can see and feel that as well. So do you want to elaborate on how she would take things out on Kaylee? Well, for instance, at her younger age of almost three, she would do things to obtain her mother's attention because her mom was consistently busy on the phone or doing anything other than paying attention to Kaylee. So Kaylee would act out. And by acting out, she would take her mother's items and run around the house with them or use them to obtain more attention from her mother. I feel like Casey was really hard on her daughter, almost as if the poor little three-year-old didn't understand her, like, weird expectations. I do feel like Casey hit her daughter, and I do feel like Kaylee would cry a lot because her mother would yank her arm or smack her hard on her ass. I even feel like Casey shook her a few times when she was, like, really little. But Kaylee shows me the abuse was definitely mirroring her own father's abuse of her. So basically she would just hurt her daughter and then she would try to make up for it later and pretend to be a really good mom and having guilt for hurting Kaylee. Absolutely. Kaylee had become too much to deal with, but she also didn't want to disappoint her parents and she was not interested in her parents raising her daughter because her parents constantly would throw things in her face of her lack of parenting. So she really just wanted to prove everyone wrong. Kaylee showed me she loved her grandparents and they never hurt or harmed her in any way. So she had a very good experience with them. Her grandfather was always trying to make her laugh and her grandmother was always very comforting. Her grandmother would give her proper food to eat. She would always make sure she was clean, washed up, taken care of, hair done. 
Casey would do it, but it would be far and few between. She seemingly would show the outside world that she was like a good mom because a lot of people would get entertained by Kaylee and thought she was so adorable. So, of course, she would become, you know, Kaylee's best friend and entertain the world along with her. This is when she would try her hardest to look like the mother of the year. So how long before Casey was at her breaking point? I would say there was about a three-month span before her daughter went missing when she was growing more and more frustrated. And a lot of her other friends that she wouldn't necessarily hang out with often were pretty influential and would suggest like, come out, come out. And then she'd be like, I can't, I got the kid. And then she would blame Kaylee for that often. I can see she would really hurt her physically when she was mad and she couldn't get away from her. So why not just ask her parents to watch her daughter? Like so that she can go have a little peace of mind and also get away for a little bit. I feel like her parents really did a good job of implementing that Casey would need them for anything and they would make a big deal out of it. So she refused to give in and decided to come up with her own methods. And what are those methods? Well, here's something really interesting. When I had initially spoken to Kaylee, I got the impression that this was the first time that Casey had gone out and left her daughter home alone. But as I sit here talking to her, I'm learning that that's not the case. So she would just leave her daughter at home all the time alone and go party? I think that Casey tested the method she would tell her daughter to go to bed and she would go outside and hang out with some people she knew and see if her daughter would bother to come out or cause any problems but like most young kids they had a hard time staying in bed especially if they feel like their mom's not around Casey was not okay and she was getting very frustrated and started to come up with other methods of assisting her how she could leave her daughter at home for hours I even feel like there was a couple of guys that Casey would hang out with. I see she was actually sleeping with both of these men. And I feel like both of them would make suggestions to her like, give your kids some baby Tylenol, makes her sleep. So she just decided, let's drug the child so that we can have some fun. Uh, yeah, I see she did these things to her. Basically, she'd give her extra Tylenol, extra medication, even crushed up a pill and put it in her food. I do not feel as though she would leave too far though she would be within a certain distance just in case something happened and of course this little girl is way too young to share this information with anyone her only caregiver is the one who's kind of screwing her up yep and i feel like the one last time that her grandparents got to see their granddaughter i'd say it was around father's day and i see that casey had a good week and her parents decided you know let's get together and do the Father's Day festivities. I believe that the two of them, Casey and Kaylee, stayed there for a weekend or for a couple of days. Either way, Casey did end up getting a little bit of a break and she may not have informed her family that she needed this break, but she was happy to have it. I see Kaylee having fun at the pool, but there is nothing surrounding or leading to her death surrounding a pool. Kaylee said that she had a blast and was having a good time and she hadn't seen anyone in a while she shared with me that her mother was often at a distance not too involved in her playing she shows me she would try to get her mother's attention constantly and her mother would just simply ignore her or tune her out did anything happen on this weekend that would be important to the investigation 
Although she happened to be there, I do see that her parents would make some little cut comments and remarks at her, and she was planning on asking her parents to take her daughter for a weekend so that she can hang out with her friends, but because her parents were making those remarks about her parenting, she decided to shut up and find her own, again, method of babysitting. She was pretty emotional that week. Is this when she decided to look up the methods on how to make a child sleep for a long period of time? You got that right. I really feel like Casey didn't have access to a computer and the internet in the way she used to have access, obviously living under her family's roof. So this was the perfect time for her to look up a method on how to put a kid to sleep for a while. And that is when she looked up chloroform and how to go about making that. Absolutely. She was trying to find the safest method to put her child to sleep for a period of time so she can enjoy her night. I really feel like there was a significant plan to go out and she just wanted to have a babysitter. And a babysitter not to charge her money, of course, because she needs that money for drinking and not to judge her either. So what better way to find her own method than putting her child out for a period of time? Okay, so how did she get her hands on these products? Like I had mentioned before, she had a shady group of friends and she would hang out with them. And, you know, there were four or five men. Originally, I feel like there was only a couple of men. But as I sit here and I'm obtaining more and more information, there were some people who lived around where she lived. And I feel like they had some drug dealings going on. I feel like she asked one of her buddies on how she can get her hands on this. And I feel as though she made a little bit of a sexual bargain as well. Wow, that is disgusting. So yes, let's obtain some chloroform and have sex with somebody just so that she can go and have just a little bit of fun for that night without thinking any sort of consequences of what could happen. I know, of course, right? Here comes the weekend that she had planned to go out and she had planned to go out for a significant amount of time. I feel like there was a plan for a dinner involved. She was going to get ready at her friend's house. I even feel like there was like a window of 12 hours. However, it wasn't going in that direction. At first, I feel like she was giving her daughter some baby Tylenol. Then once she had given her that, I see that Kaylee this particular evening was being a little extra sassy. She didn't want to go to bed. She was having a tantrum. I feel like she actually had a big meltdown this evening and she was screaming and I feel like she also wasn't feeling well. Poor kid. She shows me she was pretty prone to having fevers and it may be connected to her teeth. I'm not entirely sure, but from what she shows me, she did not want to go to bed and the medicine was definitely not working. It was just making her more and more cranky. She was pulling her hair and screaming and running and I feel like she was kicking a lot too. Well, I'm sure Casey did not want her evening to be ruined, so this probably infuriated Casey. You're right about that. She shows me she had a little bit of a runny nose, and I think Casey went and gave her a little bit more baby Tylenol before she even started to, you know, set up the chloroform side of things. I feel like Kaylee started to calm down a bit beforehand, and I also feel like she was given instructions from the internet, but also a person that she had obtained the chloroform from. She used way more chloroform than she needed to. I feel like she used enough chloroform to sedate a man of like 300 pounds for a long period of time. She wanted to make sure her daughter was out for a while, which is why she gave her more than the suggested amount. Which is not a good idea at all, but that's definitely for a small child. Did she purposely give her that larger amount, though? Yes, but in her mind, nothing bad would happen. I don't even feel like she even Googled the side effects of what could take place if her kid ingested this in the long run. Of course she didn't. 
I mean, I'm not really sure why she would decide to do that anyways, but of course she didn't care enough to see the consequences of her actions, only what she needed or wanted in that moment. Exactly. Kaylee showed me that after her second dose of baby Tylenol, she did get a bit sleepy, and with the chloroform, it poisoned her. I feel as though Kaylee also had some sort of allergic reaction to it, so on top of what was going on with her already, I feel like there was something else that was affecting her too. And I feel like there was some sort of rash as well that appeared. Now, at this point, I feel like Casey had placed this over her daughter's mouth and held it there for a few moments. Her daughter was already sleepy from all the Tylenol she had ingested. And I feel like her daughter went right to sleep. But I do feel like her daughter also pushed away her mom as she was like putting this over her mouth to go, what the hell are you doing? Like looking right into her mom's eyes, confused, but she felt safe and she didn't fight much and she went right to sleep. I feel like when Casey put her in the bed and left her there, she checked on her daughter before she left, but I honestly don't feel like she genuinely looked and checked at her daughter. I feel like Kaylee was already dead at this point and if part of me really feels like Casey had a feeling she died too, but she just like ignored it and thought she was like really hopped up on the drugs. So she thought that her lifeless body was lifeless because of the chloroform. So this sick, twisted woman accidentally killed her daughter and then said, fuck it, I'll just deal with this later. Precisely. She was believing her own lies. Like, She'll be fine. She'll wake up. This is what I wanted. So let me focus on my evening. She was also running behind, poor thing. She had plans to go to a friend's house, but of course she didn't end up doing that. So she got dressed quickly and perhaps a guy came over and I don't know, I even feel like she had sex with somebody before she proceeded to leave. So she decided to walk away, pretend like nothing bad took place. And according to your video, she decided to live it up and have the best night of her life. So I believe you also had mentioned that they had gotten a video with evidence and photos that were obtained in the investigation. Were those photos in relation to that evening? Yes. There were a few pictures from other nights and evenings previously, but they also used evidence, mostly of photos of what she had done that weekend. And they were able to obtain all of that. I see that she had done some drugs. I see that she had hung out with some people. She also stole somebody's checkbook and I feel like she was dancing with a couple of men that had bought her a few drinks. I see she had snorted coke as well the entire time, not thinking of her daughter. You had mentioned in your video as well that you had felt like she had come home at around 3 a.m. What time do you think she left home? I feel like she left around 8 p.m. She was gone approximately seven hours. When she got home, of course, that is when she started to think about her daughter again. I feel like she cracked open the door, looked in on her, didn't see her moving. So her plan worked. She was able to get out and go for an evening. I even feel like in the back of her mind, she thought she won. She had figured out a method to have it all. She didn't kiss her daughter. She didn't check to see if she was breathing. She just left. So you had mentioned somebody had come home with her. Can you elaborate a little bit more on this? I feel like the guys she was fooling around with, she decided to bring them home for the evening because, you know, she wasn't done having fun yet. I feel like she paid more attention to this particular person than her daughter, sadly. And I feel like they got something to eat, sat down, 
you know, while her dead daughter is in the other room. And then I feel like they had sex and this person went home. I would say this person went home around uh, 630. I do not feel like she knew them really that well. I feel like this was kind of like a one night thing. I also feel like he had no idea she even had a daughter, let alone a daughter in the home at the time. So what time did Casey get out of bed? I feel like she didn't get her ass out of bed until about noon. And of course, that was very unlike Haley to come wandering into her room and checking in on her early morning like 7 a.m. No, of course, her daughter didn't get out of bed and she had already died. And I feel as though that's when Casey really started to realize something was wrong. So did she check on her daughter at this point? And what was her conclusion exactly if she did? (sighs) This part is so sad. It's hard to say, but from what I gather, at this point, Kaylee had already died, as we know, and I feel like her spirit was lingering in the home. I don't necessarily feel like her spirit came through until her mother discovered the body, but I feel like she was close to her own body at this point. I see that she had seen her mom, and I can just see her eyes brightening up because, you know, her mom is going to fix what was wrong. When Casey approached her daughter, I feel like she started to ask her to wake up and let's get up. So she finally went over and, you know, stood over her daughter and realized her daughter had been in the exact same position she had placed her in the bed from what I can see. Her eyes were slightly open and her mouth was slightly open as well. And I feel like Casey did have a bit of a reaction. I feel like she screamed and begged her to wake up and of course she didn't. At this point, I feel like Casey had really no idea what to do next, so she decided to take this opportunity to get out of the house while her daughter died in that room next to her. And I feel like she stayed there for a few days. She pretended that nothing happened and just carried on about her day, trying to figure out what to do with her daughter and how she was going to get herself out of this situation. Did she, like, even care? Like, was she even scared or anything? Oh, she was scared. There was a moment where she was devastated that her daughter had died. She also knew that if she told anyone what happened, she would go to jail one way or another. And that was not an option for her. She felt like she was already in prison when it came to having a kid. And this was going to be worse in her eyes. She knew that because she was a pathological liar that really no one would believe her. I mean, look at her track record. I wanted to believe her either. What kind of sick person do you have to be to kind of do this to your own child? Like, that's a very selfish, narcissistic human being. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a bit of a smell. And by the way, Kaylee was around following her mother as her mother proceeded on with her life, begging her to save her at this period because she had no idea what was going on. And of course, her mother couldn't see or feel or hear her. It wasn't like any other day. Her mother constantly ignored her, so it was, you know, normal for her to be chasing after her mother. This time it was, you know, obviously in the afterlife, so it may have felt like only a few minutes for her walking around and following mom. So she transported Kaylee's body to the car because the smell was becoming too much. So how did she transport her? Of course, Kaylee was tiny, so I believe she put her in a a duffel bag or something along those lines. She also wanted to make it look like someone did really hurt her. 
No association to her, of course. So she made it look like Kaylee had been kidnapped. I feel like this is when she put duct tape over her mouth, maybe even on her hands. I also feel like the duffel bag was of a blue color with white writing on it. I feel like she was getting guidance from somebody. Did this person know exactly what was going on? I really don't believe so. I believe that she asked this person for assistance on how someone would get away with something like that. And I feel like there may have been something weed related, something along those lines, sort of kind of having a conversation, kind of shooting the shit. But I do believe this is when she decided to take the body after it had been sitting in her trunk for about a week, of course. I feel like that's when she took the body to the location she had been found. I do feel like she tried to clean out the trunk as much as she possibly could. I feel like she did the best job she did cleaning anything, honestly. But unfortunately, the smell still stuck. And I feel like she didn't have enough time to let it air out. So she just closed the trunk and hoped for the best. I feel like Casey's father also wasn't too heavily involved in this situation at all. I do feel like he kept telling Cindy that she was like overreacting because she started to obviously panic that her granddaughter was gone. And Cindy had this like intuition within her that something was wrong. And I feel like she was actually even visited by Kaylee in a dream. If I'm going to be completely honest, I feel like Kaylee personally had led her grandmother to this conclusion. I feel like George kept telling Cindy to wait a little while longer before she freaked out because Cindy would often freak out and George would always basically tell her she was overreacting and would just basically tell her to chill. So I feel like it was about two weeks. Cindy continued to call Casey and tell her she wanted to see Kaylee and tell her she wanted to spend time with her and that she missed her. And I feel like Casey told her that she'll get to it when she gets to it, that right now she's too busy. So it's definitely a good thing that Cindy was super suspicious of her because it finally led people to finding this out. Absolutely. And I feel like Cindy did not stop from there. She was demanding to talk to Kaylee on the phone and she kept saying things like, I want to hear her. I don't hear her talking. Kaylee was very talkative. And so I think this is when she came up with the Zanny the Nanny. As she had stated in the documentary, she did know someone of that name and they were potentially a nanny. But yeah, they were definitely not Kaylee's nanny. And for whatever reason, this name resonated with Casey and she would use this name for other things in life too. When people would ask her questions about things, whether it be, you know, who's your doctor or who's your friend there, she would kind of use this name in passing. I think she actually even uses it to this day, creepy enough. So other than this little mishap, at least that's how I feel Casey feels about it. It seems like she had finally got her dream come true. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. It's almost like this was what was holding her back from freedom. She didn't want to deal with Kaylee anymore. She gets to sleep in, having her freedom. It was always so nice to her. It was like she was appreciating it. I do believe that her family was also financially supporting her. But I also feel like Cindy is who makes the threats to kind of take away the financial assistance if she did not bring Kaylee to her home. I feel like Casey made every single possible excuse not to bring her back. And Cindy was like, this is it. You get in that car. You get my granddaughter here. And I believe Casey told her mom that she would pick her up from the nanny and be right over. I feel like it took her about three hours to get there. And I feel like Casey was trying to come up with a a good lie, I guess, like her daughter had been kidnapped with this whole nanny situation. 
All right, so she arrives at her parents' house. What happens next? I see that Casey pulled up very slowly at her parents' house, and I see her sitting outside of the car for a long time. I believe Cindy was inside of the house patiently waiting and noticed Casey had pulled up. I feel like she left her waiting about 10 minutes before she went inside. I think Cindy kind of noticed that she was sitting in the driveway. Obviously, she went into full mom mode and went out and started the accusations and questioning her. And she was crying, asking where Kaylee was. I feel like Casey continued to dodge her questions. And I finally see Cindy sitting in the vehicle with her saying something like, it's going to be okay. I think Cindy really thought her daughter did do something, but I believe she wanted to at least have some sort of story out of her. I feel like it took her about a good hour to obtain some details and she did give it to her mother. And I feel like, you know, that's when she mentioned the nanny in more depth. I feel like she didn't know where her daughter was. And I feel like Cindy started to lose it. I feel like Cindy started to make a big scene right outside of the house, and I feel like people were looking in their direction. I feel like Casey also hated when people were staring at her, so she basically told her mom to calm the fuck down, and that she told her the story, which obviously was, you know, filled with lies and lies and lies, and I feel like she also gave a couple other small details. I believe there was some sort of indication along the lines of there may have been a threat for money and a ransom and she wanted that money to get the daughter back like weird. All right. So that doesn't surprise me, though. She came up with an elaborate story, how to make herself look good. Did she really think that Cindy would not call the police, though? Yeah, I feel like Casey told her mom that she was informed by like a letter not to involve the police so that no one would kill her daughter. I also believe she changed that story over and over again when Cindy suggested to call the police. I feel like Casey was doing everything in her power to convince her mom not to. I mean, yeah, that's normally what anybody who killed their child would do. This is when I feel Cindy got out of her car and started to look for evidence and I feel like she opened the trunk to the vehicle I think she had told Casey to pop it open and that's when Cindy started to put all the pieces together. She started to scream at her daughter and say that this smells like a dead body and she knows what a dead body smells like and the smell of a dead body. Casey was very calm, tried to explain to her mother that she had no idea where that smell came from and I think she may have suggested it could have been bad meat or something. A Jeffrey Dahmer moment. Oh, yikes. And that's, of course, when she sent everybody on this wild goose chase moving forward a bit. Do we know why Cindy decided to lie for her daughter? <laughs> I feel like at this point, Casey and Casey's lawyers basically told Cindy and also told George and George told Cindy that they needed to keep it quiet. I feel as though Casey threatened her mom to make damn sure she does a job of a mother for once in her life. I feel like her mother was going through several different emotions. Sometimes she would believe her daughter. Sometimes she did not believe her daughter. She tried her absolute hardest to decide how she felt about the truth. And because she was yet to come to a conclusion on her own, she was very conflicted with herself, but decided to tell the jury that she was the one to kind of search up the chloroform herself. I feel like she has a lot of regret about that now. And I also feel like that was the main reason she was not convicted as Kaylee's killer. I can understand where Cindy's coming from, but she definitely did make that wrong choice. Absolutely. No, I didn't think that Casey would ever come out of hiding. 
Honestly, when I had started to do a reading on Kaylee, she really had no plans in motion to make this tell-all. I really feel as though she did it because she wanted the money, obviously, but also she was hoping she would have more acceptance in society, feel validated. I feel like she sat down with somebody that was one of her like true followers that helped her conduct this story from beginning, middle, and end. And I know she had made the suggestion that Kaylee had passed away in the pool, but when I've communicated with Kaylee on this, she shows me that the pool was like her fondest memory. She loved being in the water. She liked being a water duckling. She also really loved it so much. There were so many memories of her entire family watching her in this pool. And I think there may have been some arguments at the poolside. I even feel like Casey would get very, you know, dark in her mind when her daughter was pissing her off and genuinely wish her to drown. This was why she had her own interpretation of what she thought the best option would be for saying she was killed because, you know, water takes away evidence. It was pretty sickening to watch her sit there and just show us all her crocodile tears. Oh, yeah. Like, sitting there, I was just watching and, like, trying to pick up on all the energy. And all I kept seeing was, as they were trying to record this... First and foremost, she is not a good actress in any capacity. So when she was trying to do the tears, she was really, really working hard to make herself cry. Like you can see it in the video too. But in my opinion, I feel like that a few moments of footage of her crying took hours and hours to get recorded because she just couldn't cry. And of course, yeah, she does love her kid in the way she feels and she can tune into that emotion but it isn't always i feel like it took them a while to get all of that edited i also feel like she completely convinced herself that someone else had done it it's the only way she could really get through her day she believes all of her lies I mean, if she had nothing to hide, why didn't she just sit there and get attached to a lie detector test? She was willing to elaborate the story for the third time now. I mean, yeah, she would have failed every single question, even the questions that she sort of tells the truth about. There are all lies embedded in between. She mentioned that also in the first episode of that ridiculous documentary. She's probably running out of money and running out of options for money. I know she works for that lawyer, but he's probably going to retire here soon and she won't have a job anymore. So she needs to make sure that she gets a little bit of money to make it through, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. She also gets funded by people like her fans send her money. It's disgusting. People really genuinely believe her and for no other reason than her outer appearance. If she was like a large woman with some sort of short haircut with a few scars on her face and one eye smaller than the other and she kind of looked evil, I feel like people would be more inclined to believe that she had done it. So what will happen now with Kaylee? She is still in the mindset of a three-year-old. She understands and comprehends things a little more and understands things that her mother did kill her. She loves her though, and that was somebody she looked up to. She wanted to be cool and pretty like her mother. She was very attached to Casey, but Casey did not reciprocate those feelings. Regardless of what people think and feel or know, we really don't know anything about people. A lot of people hide things well, and she specifically could hide things very well, like, you know, where the truth lies. 
Kaylee shows me that she's going to keep on hanging out with people that genuinely care about her. She floats around her mom and visits her, but her mom pays no attention to her existence. She does for the cameras, of course, and most of the time she's alone. She usually flips the photos over to hide them. She ignores everything altogether. She does not love her daughter, and it's not the same love as an unconditional parent. Even the placement of where she put that tattoo that she claimed to be about her daughter, you don't put a tattoo somewhere there where you can't see it. You're going to put it on your wrist or your hands. You're going to put it somewhere you can see it. It's almost like she just doesn't want the reminder of her daughter constantly and she needs it. I see she's going to continue to keep visiting us. She loves kids and toys and just has a lot of energy and playfulness. She visits her grandparents too. They keep her memory alive. Her grandmother cries a lot for her and I feel like there's a couple of men out there that also could have potentially come forward as thinking they were dad. And I feel like Kaylee knows exactly who her father is and she visits him too. And of course, he has an inkling. And I do feel like he was going to come out about it eventually. But now he's not interested because he's afraid of being accused of rape and scared and petrified to come forward and say anything about being a father. I think that's another reason he kind of stayed in the dark for so long. I think he knew though, but he doesn't fully know. Will anything happen to Casey? I feel like people are going to believe her now, like a few new people and her stupid story of lies. And I do feel like she will receive some sort of fan base. I do feel like they will also give her money as well. She will play pity right into her hands. But once everything dies down, she'll go back into the same routine she always had private, quiet. She'll continue to live her life as a single female the way she always wanted to. I feel as though at some point, maybe the next 10 to 13 years, maybe after her parents have passed on or one of her parents passes on, there will be something that comes out, maybe a book. She may definitely go into doing something small to kind of keep herself relevant. She likes being in the limelight, even from being, you know, a killer. She likes that she can be Googled and she kind of feels famous. There are little things that she likes privately, of course. Either way, I don't feel like justice is ever going to be served in this manner, but I feel like something will eventually happen down the line, maybe with her. I don't know, maybe somebody's going to take it into their own hands and hurt her physically, but I feel like there will be some sort of justice maybe some other conviction of some sort. I also don't feel like she's kept her hands clean this entire time. I think she's done a couple of things as well. And those things may come out about her as well too. All right. Thank you very much for all of that information. And thank you to Kaylee for being here with us. I know it's hard for a little kid to understand why her mother would do something like this. But next week, like I said earlier, we will be back with the Lucy and Desi episode. There is a lot to cover there as well. We're going to talk about a lot of the drama that went on there in their relationship and also things currently actively going on as well. Definitely a great one and you won't want to miss it either. And then we will be back here again in two weeks time for the Crystal Rogers episode. This was another episode that people had highly requested. Until next time, guys, stay freaked out.